all just semantics then at this point, then, isn't it? Well, yeah, true. Maybe it's all just molding into one. I think we're basically pretty much rolling right here, right now, eh? We got this. Oh, now you said that. You put the pressure on there. We got the we got the conversation going. Well, let's let's just start her off. Uh, so, how how are things over there in the UK, Brad? Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, we're preparing for uh, the big vote this week. Uh, who's in or out of Big Brother? I don't know if you have that TV show. So. <laughs> uh, and then there's some other little vote happening about whether we stay in Europe and all, all that sort of stuff. But the good news is that David Beckham has come out, not not out of the closet, he has come out to say that we should remain ah. in Europe. So David Beckham, that well-known political figure, he's he said we should stay. So rest assured, guys, that's what we'll be doing. Well, then that's that's obviously going to be doing it. I mean, like, that's what you said last time, is that it, that's what it's coming down to is... You know, sort of appearances, not real arguments. So who can get the the biggest star on their side? Although, here's something that I wanted to ask you about this. And we don't have to stick on it for a long time. I know we kind of went heavy with the politics last time. But there was... This is going to be a real downer right at the beginning of the show. Oh, um, we're on a roll. Yeah. Here we go, people. <laughs> there was... An, a British MP was just murdered, was she not? Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't... You tell me, but from the sounds of what I was hearing is the guy had some motivation, not entirely on the Brexit thing, but he was sort of a guy that you might that they were painting as someone that was in favor of leaving the EU. And I don't know if like this, the incident specifically is just being politicized or there was a political motive to it or maybe you can fill us in. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was very tragic. So, yeah, she was basically shot while on her way or on her way from um, holding a surgery, where basically the MPs opened their door to their constituents to come in and gather their their views. Um, Bullock actually was shot with a and stabbed, or at least shot and then attacked while she was down. Um, a pensioner actually stepped in to save her. Oh wow! Um, but it's been very odd. We've not the the guy that. Um, allegedly did it although you know we'll say allegedly but there are eyewitnesses seeing this guy <laughs> do the job so it's always a little weird um yeah he appeared in court this night this week and yeah basically went a little bit crazy in terms of announcing who he was and not really giving his name and and stuff so they've not they've they've pinned it based on some of the things he said onto some of her political beliefs but she, you know she wasn't you know she wasn't a donald trump of this world she was you know mm-hmm. relatively moderate young so yeah it's 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 sort of shaking the nation i think the big thing for me is we've not heard too much about this guy we've heard a little bit but to me it just maybe it's the changing age i guess but literally within an hour of it happening her husband or widow was on twitter basically saying how she fantastic she was and how he's gonna miss her and it's just like i'm not sure if i was in that situation twitter would be my first yeah go to but you know everyone deals with grief in different ways and but you, you got to imagine that there's probably too a bit of knowing who she is and being a public figure he probably was more inclined to use it that way or maybe he was even some of the political people or something was like you know if you feel up to it you could do this to the constituent i don't know who knows but yeah it's a it's a weird one yeah it's definitely been been odd i think also there's um do you think it no. shifts the mood though like it in terms of saying because again like the the brief snippets that i saw over here was was basically people saying you know his motives were the typically aligned or his his politics were typically aligned um the killer that is uh with sort of the the i guess the ukip values the uk independence party you know like the sort of keep british british keep britain british and you know these sort of defend british identity and stuff like this and 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 like i i could be i could be totally guilty right now of just you know listening to a couple sources of media and totally blowing this out of proportion i don't know but no well i think there's not very much to be grateful for this but i I just wonder what it would have been like if it had been the other way, if it had been somebody of Muslim descent or beliefs that that did it, I have no doubt it would then be strongly politicised in the 
you know, this is why we have to stand alone and, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, cause some of the rhetoric, yeah. yeah, some of the rhetoric that's coming out of Mr. Trump's mouth at the moment. So, you know, if you can be great for anything, I guess it's grateful that it's a, it seems to be a natural born citizen that's, you know, committed this atrocity. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, it, it's, it's not been as politicized as much as I thought it was going to. Mm. Um, they suspended campaigning for, for a few days and, you know, I think the biggest thing about it is all parties have come out obviously in condemnation, but I think that's been that's been the interesting thing for me for the Brexit. There's no one party dictating the line. You know, most parties are split on you know political parties are split on whether they leave or they stay, hmm. um, and that's been interesting. But it's interesting, obviously, this has as it would unite unite the one you know condemnation things. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a uh it's it's a bizarre one and it's um like you say i don't know that's an interesting point of you know where this guy comes from and what his politics are is basically going to dictate how much how much say it gets into it like you said if it was a minority uh you know a muslim you know the uh, you know you maybe the motives would have been the same maybe the motives would have been different who knows but definitely the the uh portrayal of it would definitely have been different. And this kind of is interesting because I remember a couple of weeks back, there was a guy, and I don't know how much you heard about this, but there was a French um, guy, French national, that was arrested, I think, crossing the border in Ukraine with a bunch of weapons. So uh, he yeah, had... Yeah, got some news here. Yeah, yeah so he had um, traveled to the Ukraine to get weapons to commit, you know, large-scale attacks in France during the Euro 2016 Cup. And I guess this just shows you, uh, you know, how things get portrayed in the media and stuff. But my original reaction, like I'm going to be honest here, when I was reading the, the headline and reading the first paragraphs of the story, I was like, oh shit, it's another radical Islam guy, you know, and he was traveling back to France to do this thing. This is going to cause so many more problems for you know, the Muslim community and these rifts and stuff. But then it turns out it was French national totally opposed to, you know, he was on the other side of that. Like, I think his planning, he was planning to attack mosques and things like this, you know, and, but that was it. That's all you heard of it. That was it. It was like, we caught the guy, so he didn't do anything. So we don't hush hush, you know? So I feel like the, the, the right, you know, the people that use that rhetoric, the right, um, leading political parties in Europe that are always pointing the finger at Muslims and being like, you know, a couple of you guys do this, you know, it's, it's a religion, it's your whole religion. It's bad. You know, like all that scary language. Right. Yeah. But then when it's one of their own, it's like, Oh shit, good thing. We caught him before he did anything crazy. Let's just sweep him under the rug, you know, which I'm not surprised, but it's maybe that's kind of the same thing with this guy too. It's like people are, are, yeah, we're all going to say it's bad, obviously, but, you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of, you know, UKIP leadership or, you know, being like, Jesus, we need, I hope this guy doesn't open his mouth and, and yeah, align not, him. Don't be one of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but, but how do you, you know, it's like when you keep stoking that fire and stoking that fire, eventually somebody's going to, you know, you're going to create these, these individuals, you know? Well, so, the, well, most of the news here today has been dominated by the guy that's, attempted to shoot Donald Trump by... Well, he didn't even get to that stage. He tried wrestling a gun off of a policeman in a rally to then go and shoot Trump. And it turns out this guy's British. Um, he's an illegal immigrant. He's overstayed his visa. So he's been in America legally. Um, so he, we, we've effectively sent our version of Jason Bourne <laughs> to, to go and take Trump down. But we, he was so covert, he'd never shot a gun until yesterday. And he went to a gun range yesterday and learned how to use a gun, uh, and then today or l- last night went to a Trump rally and tried to wrestle a gun from a policeman to then go and shoot Trump. And yeah, what didn't. I did not even hear about this. I, really, I have yeah, not yeah. heard about this story. So uh, yeah, so that's that's been the main news here today that this British guy, um, yeah, is now in custody. Now it is interesting hearing some of the comments here of, well, it's a shame he didn't succeed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it's almost part of it. You're welcome, America. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Favor. But. Yeah, that's that's been the the main news here, and you know the party, you know not the part, the media obviously condemning it, but nowhere near as much as 
you would expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, given where we are, but you know, you know, with the with the recent killing in this country of an you know a politician. But, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it's one of those things that you can always like when it's in another country. It's like foreign leaders always have that thing. Well, you know. The people of that country have to decide their own, you know, and we can't step in. But I'm that that's intriguing. I'm gonna look that up. This British guy, what the what the hell was he doing? <laughs> yeah, well, you know. I, I would say he was our James Bond, but James Bond always gets the job done, whereas Jason Bourne is basically on the run because he failed. Yeah. You know, he failed his mission. <laughs> so that's effectively We've sent Jason Bourne to the job and he's failed. So yeah, well, no, I know I know what the Russians would be saying. They'd be saying, "Well, he was he was probably fueled by alcohol and therefore <laughs> uh, not as good of a of a of a hooligan as he as he could have been as a exactly. political you know hooligan as he could have been." But uh, yeah, that's 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 interesting. Well, I mean, I'm I'm again, it's it's, it's you know it's where do we expect? It's not the the usual places where you expect these things to you know like we expect at this point now that there is going to be some elements of you know certain groups that are prone to violence or that have used violence in the past so you expect it to happen again you know like uber nationalists in the u.s i mean how many assassinations of presidents have they had or you know acts of domestic terrorism committed you know, by people that weren't of the Muslim faith, you know, like the Oklahoma City bombing and stuff like So you have that, you know, you have these things, but you don't normally see it um, where traditionally, I guess, at least in recent times, where it's people that we would consider more on the left, you know, going and attacking. I mean, we're starting to see it more with the in, in the U.S. with just the, the violence that's happening towards Trump supporters, you know, so you're starting to see these typically what we would say the left the liberal you know you don't you don't expect them to be violent um starting to become a bit more and i've also seen some some things about like some really i guess um more violent left-wing protests i guess or left-wing activism in some of the scandinavian states so we're looking oh steady on that scandal yeah yeah i know so it's like you know like super liberal like oh if you don't if you don't tolerate everybody we're gonna firebomb your house you know or like we're <laughs> we're so against eating well, meat like, that you know we're gonna and 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 that's just like it's the hip the, the hypocrisy is is mind-blowing I guess, I guess if they firebomb the house at least they can keep warm because it's quite cold over there yeah yeah, so. yeah well hey i know what that's all about well, yeah. Well, so speaking of violence and alcohol-fueled hooliganism, uh, how was your trip to watch the football? <laughs> okay, I'll tell you this. Very uneventful. Oh. Yeah, and because the game is was an or how do you how would you say it? a nil-nil draw? Nil-nil draw. Yeah, yeah. I know that's a to people in North America a draw. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we we let we let teams draw. Yeah. Not everyone has well, to even, top. We even what we would say in North America, it was a scoreless tie. So not even not even there was no score and they ended the game with no resolution and it was fun. Like it was fun, it was a good atmosphere. I, I jest because you know, I had a good time with uh out with the German folks and, and it was fun. Um, it was cool and I enjoyed watching the game, but it was, I, I don't know, even the, even the German folks were just like, yeah, not the greatest game for you to come, you know, witness as your first one. And it's just, and I think that this is the thing that like North Americans, we just can't get behind in, in football sometimes is it's just like, it's just, I, the skill is amazing. I get the skill, you know, like I'm watching the passing and the footwork and stuff. And I'm like, that's really impressive. I understand the strategy of the game, you know, where like Germany's all about ball control and like wearing you down and trying to get your right moment. But it's just like, it seemed to me at points where I was like, really, this now just looks like a bunch of guys running around and then falling over when, when someone else comes near to them, you know, like they're just like, oh, now he's falling over and he's rolling around and the ball is somewhere else. And now he's up and he's fine. And now that guy's falling over and. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't the the best match, but it's been some good, you know, some good grudge matches the last last couple of that. You know, obviously England Wales last week was on as well, mm -hmm. so that was that was a big one. And you know, the Welsh the Welsh have done brilliantly. You know, first major tournament in 
decades and they've 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 topped the group. Um and then uh well Germany have just won tonight. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I caught I caught a bit of that. So they actually scored a goal, which was nice. That's what that's what it's about. They, well they should have scored about five. So um but against the minnows, the underdogs, the the Northern Irish that are um bar accounts the darlings of the uh, the tournament. Everyone everyone's falling in love with the, the Northern Irish. So. Yeah, like why? Um, I just I I well the Northern Irish and the Irish are very political. We're not going to get into that yeah. mainly because I don't understand all of it and I don't want to get car bombed. <laughs> um, but they are just such a lovable nation. You know, if I group the whole of Ireland as a whole, just such a lovable, lovable people. Everyone's so friendly. Everyone's so nice. Um, so yeah, I think that's part of it. I think that's yeah, that's definitely yeah. It. yeah. And I guess like you say, like the underdog, they're a small nation. Yeah, well, especially you know, Northern Ireland is smaller than the Irish yeah. Republic, right? So, yeah, yeah, no, was, uh, I, I have been catching whiffs of that too as I've I've started to beef up my Euro coverage, um, just doing some reading and stuff and trying to follow along and see what's going on. I did get that that they were sort of the underdogs, but they're not out. Like they could still, no, depending looks, on yeah. how the other groupings fall, they might still get in. But, um, Which yeah, that, that, and that's a new thing. That's really odd for for us because that's normally it's just the top two teams that go through. Right. So now there's this lucky loser situation, which I think is, in a way, it's made it a little bit more interesting. But it's also very confusing. You know, the math mathematics is now ruling as opposed to yeah footballing. Well, skills. and this is and this is what people have long in North America too complained about about soccer or football. Um, is that you know. Yeah, it depends on because you can have the ties. So then, you know, goals for and against get into it. And then in, in some of the European leagues, it's like goals scored at home are worth less than goals scored on the road. Yeah, but but notice the difference is that we, we have international teams compete, unlike the World Series of Baseball, <laughs> where it's just America. No. And I think, oh, okay, well, and Canada. Which, we got one team in there. We got one team wow. in there. Wow, they have really opened up. You know, whereas in Europe, we're all inclusive. We even let Australia into the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> we are very inclusive here in Europe yeah. for the time being. Obviously, you know, come Friday morning when we vote to leave, we are shutting that door. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think, yeah, Europe's Europe's very inclusive on the whole, on the surface. But then once you get <laughs> to Europe, you realize how much you guys all talk shit about each other. And it's oh, hilarious. Yeah. It's hilarious. But I think that's kind of what keeps you all unified is this common grievances amongst everybody it's great but um no the 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 euro tournament is great and i just uh, my point being of like all this you know mathematics and stuff that kind of get into it i find it hard that that's an argument against the sport because i feel like it's actually really well designed whereas in some of the north american sports like i mean one of the americans uh most beloved sports american football at the at the college level is an absolute shit show when in terms of trying to decide who the best team is. You have like basically a committee of guys that watch the games and then they just rank them. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 BCS I think selection bowls like so the bowl games. You've heard of the bowl games? You have yeah. like the Fiesta Bowl and the Rose Bowl and and they're all you know they're different rankings, right? So the the college teams all play their schedule. And not all teams play each other because there's different leagues and stuff like that. But then they basically, there's a group of guys like sports journalists and, and other sports guys that look at all oh, the no. teams. Now, are they being podcasted and videoed at the same time? There might be. They might okay. be. Actually, you know what? No, they don't do this because this is like the magic of the selection. They don't uh, want their, you know. They don't want the magic to get yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. But then yeah, it's okay. like, it's then they basically just say, well, this team is the best. And this team is the best. So a team with the worst record sometimes is the best because they'll they'll make arguments like, uh, well, their schedule was harder or they play yes. against a different, you know, and it's, yeah. So it's like, so I, I hear Americans sometimes be like, yeah, soccer shit, I don't get it. And it's all, what's with this, you know? And it's like, look at your college sport. Like you're like arguably one of the biggest sports in, in America, college football is a joke. So anyway. That's my that's my sports rant. I do love I do love American football though. So yeah, yeah. Well, and I on the odd occasion I I watch it. You know I don't 
don't dislike it. I just for me, it's just it's too long a game, mainly because of all the ads and the commercialism in it. Yeah, um, yeah, and I I didn't realize that it's, it's always bad enough to me that not every team plays every team to have a league, and there's no. It, to me, it makes no sense not to have a relegation. You know how do you, how do teams get any better without? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, back home in Canada, my uh, my favorite hockey team, the Edmonton Oilers, has been bottom. Nice they've been yeah, they've been bottom of the league for about ten years now, and that's what like people in Canada. The big joke is, you're lucky we don't have relegation. You guys should have been relegated years ago. You know, and it's like well, you. Know, but we don't do that, so we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> and if there was a secret committee behind closed doors, who knows? We could get voted number one. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. But um, anyway. Um, no, the Euros is good. It's been fun. Um, but I noticed you you had sent me uh, a little article that I I caught the, the first couple paragraphs here. Something about uh, physics and and, and, uh, the, and the the internet. Well, let's say the internet's top two favorite topics: physics well, well, and cats. Well, well, and obviously, cats invented the internet. <laughs> Clearly, that's that. That's obvious. Uh, yeah, this is something I just caught the other day, and, and yeah, it was the headline: "Cats understand physics according to a group of scientists in Japan." So, of course, Japan, a nation that love cats, even more. But yeah, when you read a headline that, it's like, okay. Yeah. It was, but then you start reading the article and it's like basically, so why did they draw this conclusion? Because they shaped a canister that may or may not have something in it and the cat stared at it. <laughs> <laughs> Are these guys getting paid to do this type of research? Oh, see, now the end, see, this, is, this, is, this is interesting because it brings up a few a few different things um and i actually i have another a similar story that we can segue to after involving manta rays but uh um well we all love a manta ray yeah oh yeah of course the, well, they the did, ocean's they did, they friendliest the, creature well if only the internet works underwater then maybe they would invent the internet before <laughs> yeah. the cats the cats of the sea um <laughs> but it is it's like you say like you you see a headline like that so you're like i gotta read that right and that's what the headline's supposed to do right like it's supposed to it's supposed to grab you and bring you in and then you read it you've had a bit of experience reading science stuff you know and you're just like wait a second this is this is garbage like there's nothing here you know well, well i think the thing is most people don't read the article yeah i think they, i think they flick through a news app or a paper and they read Read the headline, and then they meet up with their mates later on. They go, did you know cats understand physics? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I didn't know. Yeah, but okay, so like Albert Einstein. Yeah. Albert Einstein, <laughs> man. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. you've heard of Schrodinger's cat, right? Well, well, there you are, Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. Well, probably the best physicist in the world. <laughs> best physicist. So... But that's so I, that's a, that's a good that's a, this is this is my point you know it's like I've 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 gone I've attended a few things on science communication and and this is always the crux right it's like you want to get people interested so you're kind of you know journalists are almost forced to to use these you know baity kind right, of okay. headlines you know but then it's like when you when you actually read it or maybe you don't read it it's it's not really all there there's that. Uh, a great uh, UK export, John Oliver, who's doing a show in the in the US. He did a whole thing on scientific studies and how you know people end up not trusting them because once you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, a lot of the times what the media is reporting isn't what the study is actually saying, or the study's conclusions are actually a lot weaker than what they're being made out to be. And I mean, I don't know what the answer is there because, yeah, you want people interested in the science and stuff like that, but you got to you got to report it in an honest way, you know, not sensationalize it. Now, I guess, yeah, how do you make science sexy, basically, isn't it? That's chicks in lab coats, I guess. I don't know. Well, that and and I guess this touches on then something else that I was thinking about earlier is Tim Peake, you know, comes back from Space Today and, and you know, you're from Canada, so you had possibly second to Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, the next famous astronaut of Commander Chris Hadfield, yeah. who changed the face, I think, of space exploration. Because up until that point, people weren't tuning in. 
you know, you see a shuttle take off or a rocket take off. Oh, yeah. It just it hadn't become commonplace, but it had just become, yeah. Yeah, they weren't going Whereas, to the moon anymore. They were kind of just up there. Yeah, and, they, they, you know, nobody ever was really in touch with them. And then suddenly Chris Halford comes along and he's like, I'm going to tweet from space. And I, I remember being led on my, my sofa back home going, this is amazing that I'm here holding a smartphone yeah. and using something that, you know, you can buy in a store. I'm tweeting a guy up in space <laughs> right now. You know, imagine saying that to your five-year-old self. Yeah. I'm going to give you something you can hold in your hand and you want to speak to a man in space. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Mind blown. Yeah. Um, That's pretty incredible. I, I, as a quick aside, did you guys not get a little annoyed with him after a while? Do you know what? So I personally didn't. I feel like there was a bit too much, Chris. He was a great guy, you know, but after a while I was like, okay, if I hear bare naked ladies being sung from the the friggin' space station one more time, I'm going to lose it, you know? Oh, okay, so you're on like Commander Chris? Yeah. Okay. So, no, from from me, I thought you were on about um, Major Tim. No. Um because I was having a conversation with my friend at the weekend and I was talking about, oh, you know, isn't it amazing that, you know, we've had this guy in space. And my friend was very much, oh, didn't he just go on and on? And, <laughs> you know, he ran the Mar- London Marathon from space and he did this. And I'm like, but yeah, you know, he's inspiring people. It was lost to my friend. My friend was like, yeah, it's boring. See, I'm, I might be I might be in that camp too because there was, yeah. a, couple, there was a, a while where it was just like, and people were always talking about it too, especially, yeah, if I traveled and met Americans or something. Oh, yeah, Chris Hadfield, you're a Canadian space guy. And I just, a part of me just kept thinking like, I bet you the other guys on the shuttle or on the space station just hate him. They just <laughs> hate him because he's always like, Playing his guitar at night where they're trying to sleep, and he's like, "Guys, I got a big, I got a big, uh, you know, Skype conference tomorrow, you know, so I got to practice my my Beatles tune that I'm gonna play, you know." And he's like an amateur guitar player, and the Russians are just in the back, just been like, "This guy, one more time with the guitar." He's, I swear, he's, always, he's, he's always on his phone, yeah, on his laptop, yeah, 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 tweeting. Yeah. It's like the worst friend you've got down the pub. Yeah, it's bad enough when you're down the pub and your friend's doing it. Yeah, he's when you're up he's in the supposed to be, space you know watching the instruments and stuff and yet he's just trying to get the right guys how does my hair look on the is my guitar look cool from floating this way or should i float this way you know (laughs) at the end of the day he's in space and he's playing guitar i think that's that's fairly rock and roll i mean i i I sound like sour grapes right now you know i I know i know i get it just because your international space station career never took off (laughs) they wouldn't let me bring my bass there's no room for the right. bass in space. Yeah, well, you, you'll always find bassists and drummers always at the back of the queue, aren't they? Yeah, it's true. It's a hard life. Yeah, everyone wants a guitarist and a lead singer. Yeah. Maybe a tambourine player. <laughs> and then we consider bassists and drummers some way down the line. Yeah. But, I mean, to get back to the seriousness of your of your point, I, I mean, yeah, that's that's a good example of, you know, people getting yeah some one guy one personality can can kind of kickstart that but but when you think about it though like what is and again i'm going to sound like a bit of a you know i'm poo-pooing this a bit but what's the substance that he's bringing other than yeah in space i mean i'm sure he's getting some tidbits of facts out there to kids and stuff like that but i mean this general interest in science is good like i think that's good but i think we're there you know like you have you know, really popular Facebook pages like I fucking love science and, you know, some of these other things, but it's like, it's still just very surface level. And I mean, it's still very much just like, Hey, here's a cool headline about some, you know, what's the biggest alligator on the planet or check out this new thing that they found in the ocean. But then that's all you get. There's no actual real, you know, you know, push further. So it's like, yeah, you can read the headlines and you can repeat them all, but you're not understanding what the real science is. And those headlines are just going to change in six months because another study comes out saying that that's not true. And, and then people are starting to be like, well, why do we even believe in the scientists anyway? You know, like there's not, you know, everything's always changing. And then you get into things like the headlines about, you know, homeopathy or any sort of other, you know, well, natural... Hold on, we're talking about science here. Well, about science. I know, but it, it kind of it's it kind of all lends itself into the same thing where you could just say study says eating blueberries 
at two in the morning and then, you know, it detoxifies your liver or something. And it's like, it it's bullshit. Like it doesn't mean anything. And I think that the, I guess this is what I get kind of upset of me and kind of like a cranky old man about is that I feel like people, it's great that there's an interest in science and the surface level interest in science, but I really think that people need to go further and understand, you know, and the, the critical thinking that needs to go in when you read something like that. And I think that that's where science communicators and science educators should be focusing on younger generations now is instilling that so that they won't get fooled by this. And so then the media can't get away with just being like, cats understand physics, you know, because people are going to read it and be like, that's bullshit, you know. What? You mean the don't? <laughs> Whoa, no, you could no. have wrote that to Sorry, a bit Brad, more gently, I didn't want to break it to you like this. I'm sure Gosh, they do. Come on. I'm sure Pace they do. <laughs> well, uh, and, uh, yeah, and I was going to say, do you think that's, obviously, you more so than me, you are definitely a scientist, but do you think that's, because we are scientists, that we we want to delve in, we want more data. Whereas articles like this are obviously written, probably not for the scientists out there. But it is a case of okay, well, if we can get people interested in science, then those that are will delve a bit deeper and will go off and look for the facts and yeah, criticize it and critique it a bit more. And you know, the new the kids, the general, you know, like Tim Peake, you know, they say he's reached out to a million kids in a in a good way to inspire you've got to say that in the UK now if you hit celebrity status you've got to say yeah. it's in a good way um, but yeah they say he's reached out to a million kids now okay out of those million kids how many are going to pick up on that and run with it and become astronauts or scientists or whatever but you've got to hope that a good few of them will be inspired by that and I guess the same is true you know of, of adults that are reading these sensationalised headlines of they read it and then they go away and think, oh, actually, science is fairly cool, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Obviously, there are some things out there that, oh, God, these scientists are idiots. What they invented next, the cornflake that doesn't go soggy or yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but is is it just a case of inspiring those non-scientists just to dig a little bit deeper, which they may or may not do? And then the real scientists, like people like you, and then fake scientists like me, could of then dive in and tear an article apart and then go away and look a bit more and yeah and i think it's 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 a tough balance it's a tough you know thing to to yeah how do you how do you approach it you know because again like people in their day-to-day lives yeah they have other interests and stuff and i don't want to be this is the one thing like i've like i said i've done a couple courses and stuff with science communicators and some you know trying to figure this stuff out and it's actually like yeah i would go into it with this high-minded thing of like yeah you know you can get people interested in science and you can actually like and then you kind of have to temper that and like you get the people that have been working in science communication for you know magazines like scientific american and you know things like this and they're just like yeah hold on there buddy nobody's gonna read that like you can't like it's got to be you have to put it in terms that people can understand or or that that will be interesting to them so there is a lot of shaving off of detail you know and there is a lot of sort of not not necessarily cutting corners but you know not giving too much you know just being able to give the the main points um and 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 in doing that you know if you're lazy i think in doing that which a lot of times like the the headlines that you see on cnn and and the shit that gets bandied about on the internet that's when you know it can get everything can get distorted and when you actually get to the root of it you're like okay well this is not even this headline is not even remotely what they were saying but i don't know so i think it's i think it's a bit of you know it takes a bit of effort to do but i also think that it it really just i think people are ready you know younger people are ready if we could teach it at that level, you know, like critical thinking and that it's not like, Ooh, look at science. Science is this thing over here. That's cool. And it's neat. You know, it's like, no, it's like, it's like everything, you know, when you're figuring out, you know, it's, it's like, it's like the force. It surrounds it's it surrounds it us. Surrounds us. It surrounds us all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to keep going on this rant because I feel like I'm kind of losing it and going off, but it's just, I just feel that this people are missing the real, awe-inspiring thing about science like these the headlines and the individual stories are really cool and they're really neat and they're fun to talk about 
But like the big thing, like the thing that really blows my mind about science is just the great unknown, the great everything, and how human beings have, you know, sort of instinctively created this system of, oh, well, I'm going to try this thing and it didn't work. So I'm going to tweak something and then try it again. And you keep doing that until it works. And it's science. So that's, you're doing that every single day of your life, every single yeah. moment of your life that you're growing up and experiencing. It's all science. It's all, and it's like the best thing that humans have ever created. You know, it's led to who we are and what we are. And I think people missing this, by putting science in this box over here, this is cool and it's cool stories. And stuff. It's like, no, it's, it is who we are, you know? I, well, and I, I, yeah. And I think you touched on it a little bit there and it made me think, you know, when I speak to my, my daughter, she's just starting to get to that age of why, why? And that effectively to me is what science is. If you distill it down, yeah. if you had to say, what is science to me? Why? Yeah. Why? Exactly, and in human endeavor is okay. I want to know why that happens. Mm -hmm. so I'm going to work out what makes that happen, how it works, and that, yeah, that to me drives science. But then part of me thinks, is that just the way that my brain is wired? Maybe well, there's some more science for you. Um, that you know, I want to know why that happens, why things work. Whereas you know, I know some people out there that aren't. I do know people that aren't wired that way. That are more. It always gets badged into art and science, doesn't it? But so if we call them more arty, that they, you know, they don't think that they're thinking more abstract or whatever. But it makes us who we are. That's what I like. Creativity and 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 arts and stuff is still, you know, asking a question and exploring yeah, yeah, different yeah. methods to reach a goal. You know, like it's still you could. I would say that it's still they're not. And I mean, creativity uh, is a big part of science as well. I mean, it's. It's asking the question why, but then it's also saying how are we going to figure it out? You know, so you have to be creative in your, your, you know, ability to to ask the questions and and find the answers. And you know, like at arts and science, like it's all again, like I see it all as 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 a one big pot. You know. Yeah, I remember. But again, I I do understand that there's probably people that would be listening to this being like, this guy is. Pfft, out to you know get over it you know they're thinking you're old and cranky yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he is and he's not very good looking out of the, you know out of the two of us i'd probably at least beat him on that if i'm not the best if I, i'm definitely not the best of scientist but i am better looking that's what i'm gonna say and i've got less hair but in a good way yeah and you're um, a lead singer not a bass player well i wasn't a very good lead singer i, I actually lost my voice in my first ever gig so. <laughs> But I remember chatting to a, a, a guy once who was definitely in the arty camp um, and, you know, he was sort of banging on, oh, you scientists are always trying to tell us what to do and how things work, whatever. And he was saying, I just like to sit back and, you know, create. Literally, he was an artist. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, well, talk me, you know, talk me through. I, I want to understand how your process works. He's like, well, for me, he said it involves taking drugs. And I'm like, well, you can thank science for that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, kind of stopped the conversation. It blew his mind slightly, and I walked away. I thought I was the moral victim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought, you know, one up for science there. But, um, yeah, he then wrote a song about me and tranced me. But you know, it's fine. <laughs> well, and I guess the point too is that you can't win them all. Again, it's like I, I would get, um, I would get grief from from people you know when i would go on on this rant and just be like well you know what like some people just don't care you know and i'm just like you know what i understand that and that's yeah that is fine and you know what not everybody has to care you know like so if you don't want yeah it's not a big deal but i just i it just i guess it's just a little frustrating sometimes when you see these the power that the media has when they're reporting some of these headlines and stuff and how it's gotten it all wrong. And again, it really, I, I go back to some of the, you know, the, the pseudoscience that's out there that because there's that lack of scrutiny from people on what the real science is, they're easily fooled by the pseudoscience of the, you know, quick fix detox yada yada you know smoking mirrors science yeah yerba mate you know juice cleanse you know, whatever hey, and I, hey i've i've tried that and it's <laughs> really I've, I've actually got 
got it out my ass right now. I'm having a colonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do this one. And I've got to say, it's working wonders. Yeah. Well, hey, man, if it feels good, do it. But just don't tell. Just don't. Don't. Don't show me the well, study. You know. Well, uh, well, that's not the only thing I should be showing. Maybe we shouldn't. You know, video this part of the podcast. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know how the results go, listeners. Yeah. And uh, well, you know. But like, so I guess a, a quick transition from this kind of. It was a similar. I found a similar story to the cat story, and it was Ooh. again this this. This big is it pet. dogs? Is it dogs? <laughs> no, fuck dogs. Nobody. <laughs> uh, no, it was um, the headline was manta rays are the new. That was, that, that was the headline. Yeah, manta Just manta rays. rays. Yeah. That's a. I, I don't know how many scientific communication course you've done, but that is a shit headline. <laughs> manta rays. You didn't let me finish. Manta rays. Well, you you need to communicate it better, my friend. Hey, I'm working on my pacing. Manta rays by itself. I'm working on my pacing. I'm being dramatic. Um, is, that, is that what you tell your girlfriend? <laughs> uh, hang on, I need it now. I need it now. I need a sip of my podcast scotch here. You've you've gotten me all flustered. Well, it's, it's because you're still up in your, your your cranky old man science rant. Yeah, well, this is... I, lit, I lit the blue touch paper, listeners. I shouldn't have done it. I apologize. <laughs> it's my fault. No, the the story was about how manta rays are now the latest uh, animal that science has deemed self-aware. Yeah, so they're they're up in the ranks of humans and and great apes in terms of b- the ability to to be self-aware. And so I was like, oh, that's kind of neat, you know, because like people always talk about dolphins being super intelligent, and I'm kind of always like, dolphins, what have you done for me lately? You know, like until you guys come up out of the water and start speaking my language. Yeah, I'm not. That don't impress me much. But no, no, no. So they, but they, the, the way that they, they, they determined that the the mantas, the manta rays were were self aware is it's called this mirror test. So basically, they put a mirror in front of the animal and see how it reacts. And so I guess like elephants have been said to, they say they can under you know scientists say that by watching them they can they can see that the animal recognizes that it's it's elf. And that it's not another animal. And they'll say, like, if it doesn't try to interact with it socially like it would another member of its species, then it must realize that it's a reflection and not itself. So they put these mirrors in with the tanks, with the manta rays. And I guess the manta rays didn't react like it was a uh, another member of its species. And they kind of just floated in front of it and waved their fins around and made bubbles. <laughs> Yeah, and the interpretation was, "Ooh, look at it's it's moving so that it can see that it's itself, you know, and it's recognizing that it's itself." And we've never seen it blow bubbles. And I was just like, "Yeah, maybe." Uh, Manta ray with a snorkel. So, okay, another. Uh, it just made me think of it now, and I don't know. I didn't think of it earlier. So, another sciencey animal headline that I saw uh, today was spider goats. Spider goats. And and that was the headline. So a bit like your manta rays, but spider goat sounds way cooler than manta rays, doesn't it? Yeah? It does. It definitely does. Spider so goats bas- are, spider goats have been around for a while though. Oh no, not these spider goats. Oh. And should I tell you why? All right. So um I think it's in Wyoming, somewhere in the US. Um it's basically uh taken the genes from spiders from their silk producing glands and put them into goats. Mm-hmm. Now, when I first read this, I was like, so literally they're like goats swinging around the room, like Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not quite like that. But basically the goats in their milk produce the protein of the uh, spider silk and then they can mass produce. Like the way I'm doing the hand signals. Yeah, the can't, the listeners can't, can't see, see, but he's doing a really good milking motion. Uh, well, you can milk anything with nipples. Yeah. <laughs> um, and basically, they're they're now milking the goats for um, spider silk fiber, which they'll use for making, um, well, basically lots of stuff. But that primarily for medical uses, they're saying for tendons and ligaments and yeah, um, eye and things like that because obviously it's it's strength. Um, but yeah, now that's that's a headline that could work. Yeah, definitely I spider goats. I um, fat, interestingly enough, I I watched a BBC program. It was like a 45-minute program on, it started with the spider goats, but it was all about this bio, you know, engineering type stuff and this wave of, of technologies. And the spider goats thing is, is, is really, really fascinating. 
but so then this is this brings up the issue too of like you know again because people don't understand sometimes some of the science and stuff it's very easy for people to be scared of this like they hear about spider goats and adding a gene to to goats and gene splicing of the goats and stuff and people are just like well he's playing god that's you know that's what they that's that's the line he's playing god we can't have these scientists playing god you know and it's the same reason that like people are like oh i don't want gmos i don't want to eat gmos and it's like well do you know what that means even? And do you have a reason for not wanting to eat GMOs? Like, I don't think that many people do. Well, yeah, the GMO was an problem because I think if you just put it on the face of it, oh, what's a GMO? Well, you know, scientists playing God, they're splicing together and putting they're things together. They shouldn't, they shouldn't go together yeah. and then, they're, you know, release it. And people go, oh, I don't want to eat that. I don't, oh, I don't know what it would do to me. What would it do? To, it might splice me. It might do something... <laughs> I don't want to be spliced. But then you say, well, actually, we've been doing it for hundreds of years when you crossbreed a certain plant with another to get a better yield or yeah. more resistant strain or natural selection, you know, this strain of different Different is, breeds of Yeah, cattle. disease resistant. Yeah. Um, but it's just the way it's been portrayed. Again, I guess you can blame the media. Let's blame the media. It's always good to blame the media. Yeah. <laughs> Of you know the, the way you portray it is whether people buy into it or not, and the, you know, and my first instance when I heard, oh, I don't want that, I don't want that. You know, we've not tested it; we can never test it. Yeah. You know, what what about the long term consequences? But then actually, when you sit down and think, it's like, well, we've been doing it for years. Now, I think I think there are some extremes that maybe we need to be careful of. Well, um, I, I, with anything, yeah, you want to you want to have it carefully vetted and tested and stuff. But I mean, that's what the scientific process is, and I think that again, it's like. But with people not understanding exactly how that works, it's very easy to throw some words out or throw some, you know, scary headlines out and and make it a problem. And that's not just it. I mean, there's obviously issues with some of the business practices with of the companies that are employing GMOs. You know, Monsanto obviously is the one that gets thrown out the most. But I mean, people like you have to look beyond the a company and their business practice and not condemn the technology you know the technology is sound and the technology is safe say what you will about the business practice which even then i don't even really i haven't dug too much into it but it's like i don't think that's really as bad as people you know say it is all the time but anyway that's a whole nother thing but what I wanted to kind of say about the the bioengineering thing and the spider goats whole thing is I've I've long been fascinated by this. You know, biology is sort of my my subject and DNA and genetic modification. I think it's great. Oh, you, I love it when you talk dirty. To yeah. Me about that. <laughs> oh, I love I love to hear about your biology. Yeah, <laughs> my, yeah. my my splicing. Yeah. Oh, um, but I've enough I, of your DNA flash. <laughs> Put your DNA away. Now it's just getting creepy. Uh, I can see why people don't want to be, don't want gene splicing. <laughs> I can see why I don't want this over on the video. <laughs> um, but I guess what I was going to say is that the idea of <laughs> the idea of the bioengineering. I mean, it's somehow there's something, there is something sort of un, unnerving about the whole thing that I think people find, you know, the Frankenstein sort of aspect of it. Um, but I've, like I, I think it's sort of you know a solution to many of the problems that we might be facing, sort of in a big way. You know, like if you can master the genome and and genetic manipulation, I mean, there's not there's not then any sort of biological thing that you need you can make. You know, that like it's you need a little you need something to clean up an oil spill. Oh, we got a little bacteria for that. You know. We need to grow more trees. Pfft, no problem. We'll just, you know, make but, okay, trees. So, so do we ever get to a point where we say, okay, well, let's take the best of everything and put it into one thing? Yes. So, okay. So <laughs> obviously, you know, we're humans. Obviously, we're the best species on the planet. But, you know, that's, um, we say we're going to take a human and we, obviously we want spider. We want spider human. So, yeah, they're definitely going to have spider powers. And, yeah, we want them to be fast. Yeah, they need to be fast. So, yeah, we'll give them gazelle-like speed yeah yeah we'll definitely definitely do that and then you just keep bolting it on and on and on to is that going to happen 
Well, well, I mean, the the way that you're just you're a scientist. Come on, tell us. Way, is that going to happen? Well, think about it. Like you still you by increasing the the performance of the machine of the human body as a machine, you could make it grow bigger. You can make it grow, you know, bigger muscles. You could, you know, but everything's going to have an an implication, right? Like if you grow a stronger muscle, it's the bone is going to have to be strong, stronger to in order to handle that, you know, the force and tension being created by this. So I think that there is some sort of level of constraint that's mixed into the biology. But yeah, like if you're talking about, you know, spider goats like spider people like let's say spider-man like the classic you know like it's not going to be exactly like that and so when people are coming you know, it's not going to be that easy where it's just like oh yeah i got these neat little web spinners that just come out of my hand and i'm super strong it's like in reality if you wanted to do that it would probably end up looking more like a grotesque you know version of jeff goldblum from the fly you know like something you know like, so I don't know. I don't know that people are like, oh, well, then they're just going to be people are going to be flocking to be, you know, wolf creatures and all the rest of it. It's like, OK, well, yeah, if you want, but you're it's not going to, you know, it's going to take it. I wouldn't want to be the first one to try it. You know, I don't want to be an early adopter on that. But so so I don't think that it's like really is, you know, this crazy thing that people think it is. Now, the other big thing that people always say is designer babies. We're gonna have designer babies, and we're gonna, you know, Ralph Lauren. Yeah, 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 exactly. They're gonna come out smelling like, uh, uh, you know, Calvin Calvin Klein cologne, and it's their shit will never stink. And you know what? Who's gonna argue with that? Well, that's, yeah, that's a good point actually. Yeah, but I mean, so there is obviously ethical constraints with it, but I just, I mean, I think personally, I don't have a lot of issue with it. I am kind of of the thing of like, if you can make it better, make it better. You know, if you can cure disease, do it. You know, if we can bioengineer habitats and, you know, and then say, you know, even other planets, you know, like terraforming, this kind of thing. If we can do that, do it. I think sometimes there's this idea in conservation that's like, no, things have to remain the way that they were, you know, and and we need this like sort of hands off approach in terms of being humans and custodians of the earth. And that is true. I mean, we are custodians of the earth. We've put ourselves in this position where we've exploited the shit out of it. So we basically said, we're going to use all this stuff. So we need to take, you know, in doing that comes taking care of it. But I think yeah. that like changing it and manipulating it, like we've, this is what we've done, you know, since the, since the beginning. And again, it's like a, kind of what I was saying, you know, like this essence of humans is to tinker and to figure out and to do this. So why turn our backs on that? Like, I see no problem with it. It's like, we're going to change this planet. We've already changed this planet. There's no going back. So let's find the best way to do it. And the best way to do it would, I think, is, you know, investigating some of these biological technologies and, and being able to tailor make things that we need for certain situations and when we've you know if we've chopped down all the trees in the rainforest because we were stupid a hundred years ago and we didn't think about it now we can be like okay well we can actually you know get some seeds and jack them up and build these trees and put them in so well why not let's go for it let's do it i mean yeah i was gonna say i I guess some of the counter for it so there's been a lot in the press here recently about um three person embryos now being um legalized and um some of the new i think one of the major drug companies has a gene therapy that's now been licensed i think gsk has a gene therapy that's been licensed and you know fantastic that we're making those medical advances that you know a we understand it and b we can cure some of those diseases but the argument i was reading was basically well hold on aren't we aren't we going against one of the main principles of science of natural selection by hereby here's here's an organism you know or or a human or or an animal with with a certain genetic disease that wouldn't survive or wouldn't be able to produce offspring that now we're actually being able to cure and you know propagate that genetic weakness if you like Mm -hmm. are we tinkering too much was the was the sort of counter argument and I, i felt that was a an interesting, you know, it, it then comes into the ethics and the mor- morality of it, doesn't it? Of, well, hold on, we can alleviate suffering here. 
but are we also at the same time undermine, undermining our, ourselves as a species? Well, then I would say to that guy, then he better not be taking any sort of antibiotics or you know, any of the rest of it. And, you know, because that's, it's the exact same argument. So if that guy gets the flu, we should not give him anything. And I, I hope he's not vaccinated, vaccinated because that's the exact same, you know, it's the exact same argument is that any one of these human interventions that we've, that we've done is undermining natural selection or we're beating natural selection. We're pulling a fast one. But again, I would say we've, beaten natural selection because we have the intelligence to do so you know we've been selected to have this intelligence and to put ourselves in this situation so i say you know go for it the second point to that is you could be leaving like if you're doing a band-aid sort of solution um to some of these shut off monsieur (laughs) i don't yeah no um Oh, Band-Aid, I just got your joke. Very nice, oh, very nice. We'll, we'll, we'll edit it that yeah. so you don't look so stupid <laughs> there. We'll, you know, we'll, it'll be slick. It'll be slick in the edit. No, we don't edit anything. Um, <laughs> we should start. We should start, yeah. <laughs> no, but what I would say is that some of these genetic cure, like cures, um, basically, yes, you're, you're treating a symptom. So someone is born with this deficiency in some sort of gene or, or something like that. Um, that creates something that your body needs to live so you can input that gene into their into their body and it will you know incorporate and make the thing that you need but when that person has children that change that you've made isn't going to be passed on right it's 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 a one stop so then yes you you could make the argument that yeah you're not you know this person that may have died is now free to pass on this genetic you know malformity or whatever you want to call it um to to the next generation so there's okay that's that's true so you could just treat the children as well that's one thing or you take it a step further and this is again where people start to lose their their lose their minds a little bit is that you actually you change the germline so you change the 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 core dna of the people of their reproductive you know stuff so that it's yeah. actually gets so that that actually get, and, I, and i'm trying to find a way to explain it without um being overly sciencey but basically there's two there's two sort of ways that you can look at it you have your your dna that's doing the day-to-day stuff in your body um and you can make changes to it and they'll get incorporated and they'll stay with you for the rest of your life but the DNA that you actually pass on to your children is being created in a separate spot, you know, in the reproductive areas. And, um, and so you, to make changes to that is a different thing that will then be passed on. And it's a trickier thing. It's a much harder thing to do. And it's, there's greater repercussions, right? Because if we don't get, if you don't get it right, then yes, then you're going to, then you've created a child that's going to be, you know, screwed up or whatever, or you don't know what the consequences are. So there's an issue there, but I don't buy this, 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 oh, well, we're, we're, we're weakening the gene pool by, you know, letting, by helping these individuals with, with genetic diseases. Cause I mean, that's just, then you shouldn't help anybody. Then we should live in an anarchistic, you know, society of, you know, don't we already? Yeah. Yeah. Not maybe, not in well, terms maybe, of maybe, maybe maybe not in North Korea. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, not in terms of medicine. I mean, we have countless medical interventions that are quote you know outwitting natural selection or bypassing natural selection. So yeah, I don't I don't see it as as I don't see weakening the gene pool as a as an argument in my books. I say plow ahead with the with the gene technology. And plowhead with the Scotch as well, by the looks. Like. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit left. I know that um, when I say this, I, I there was one. I think it was last Christmas. I, I had a few a, a few more scotches than this, and uh, went on this very same rant. And my mum, the look on her face was just like, "Are you kidding? Like, you sound like a mad scientist. I can't believe what I'm hearing." You know, and I was like, "Forget it, mum. This is the way of the future. 
We got a. We got a. <laughs> you did. You did. You did everything. You didn't drop the C bomb as well, did you? No, no, no. I was back okay, in Canada. You can't do that. <laughs> no, that's good. So what? I was just just thinking to myself. So what have we learnt so far in this podcast? We've learnt that uh, you're a cranky old science ranting freak. Yeah, apparently. I think we've learnt that that cats definitely invented the internet, but they're probably not going to challenge Albert Einstein anytime soon as being the world's greatest physicist. No. Uh, you know, controversial statement there, and I think, but I think we definitely have proven that spider goats are definitely way cooler than manta rays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would agree with all of that. I would agree with okay. all of that. Um, you could add uh, North Americans still don't understand football uh, to, yeah. to the list. Um, and, and I think. To be, to be fair, based on the way that England have been playing the last few games, you could probably add that England probably aren't understanding <laughs> football still. But we invented the damn game. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a hey, that's a that's a pretty good wrap up. This is a, 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 a much more diverse episode, I think, uh, than number one. So, yeah, so I think we've also learned that uh, communication scotch and. Uh, Conversation beer are probably uh, good for the podcasting as well. Hey, you know, like, the idea of the if the of the podcast and the conversation podcast to me, it just it it harkens back to the old, you know, gentlemen's clubs where you'd have like in eighteen eighteen hundreds or something, you know, a bunch of guys getting together to discuss the latest goings on of politics so, and science. So you're, a, you're saying this is the modern version of that? Yeah, 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 yeah. In, so does that does that mean we're not allowed to let women listen to the podcast? Yeah, I was just I was just going to say because I, I knew that that was I knew that that was coming. Um, no, it's we're modern, we're inclusive, you know. I, but it's it's this is what it's like the salon, you know, like the European salon atmosphere where you you go to discuss the politics and you have a drink and then maybe a, a cigar or something, and we all have smoking jackets on and. This, and the next thing you know, you're trying to cross a border with a shitload of guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're trying to get, trying to, trying to scheme up a way to get past the Maginot line. Yeah, wrestle that gun from a policeman that you just learned how to use a gun the day before. Yeah, well, that's yeah. that's got to be very British of him because that's you know when I listen to the uh, the 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 gun debates from from the US, they're always like, well, England doesn't even have guns. They don't even have guns in England, so it's just like you're right. Not a, English people don't even know how to. They don't even know which end to point. You know, they yeah. they don't even. They would see a gun and they'd be like, "What's this hammer doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, you're actually scarily true. Yeah. Hey, there could be worse places to live then. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Australia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they don't have... They're all a bunch of... Yeah. <laughs> and they don't have guns either. No, but they've got scary spiders. Yeah. I, snakes. I feel like they should have more guns to get rid of some of yeah. those animals. Yeah. If I lived in a country that had that many spiders and snakes, I'd be I'd be armed like a bandito. Yeah. I'd... Well, and it's not like... We're not talking like little spiders that like you have no business... You have no business using a gun on. Like, we're like... These spiders are big enough that a gun is an appropriate tool to deal yeah. with that threat. Hey, th- those spiders are strutting around on their eight legs with their dangerous weapon yeah. and their fangs. Yeah. Trying to so be good. Why shouldn't I have mine? Yeah, why shouldn't I have mine just plugged into my belt? Right? <laughs> well, I, uh, Australia is definitely on the list to, of places to visit, but it's just too damn far at the moment. So. But I don't know. I, I generally like animals and and bugs included. But yeah, that is that is something else going on there. So, um, are we getting ready to wrap this baby up then? Yeah, I think so. If we if we haven't already. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we're 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 heading into the territory of droning on. Well, I think we've done that for the last <laughs> uh, fifty or so minutes. But uh, don't worry, listeners. You know, it will get better. Proportionally to the amount of scotch and beer that's being drunk. Yeah, well, we'll we'll, we'll keep it at a at a, an honest level to to begin with. But yeah. Um, um, yeah, it was it was a good episode. Great chatting with you. Thank you to the listeners for listening. And I want to shout out as well that the music for the episodes that we're going to be using is a great uh, Canadian band, friends of mine, the Freak Motif. 
So oh. I will put a uh, a tweet out and a link out. So that's the music you're hearing it to begin and and end the episodes. So I wanted just to say thank you to them for letting us do that. And yeah, no, thank yeah, you. It's been it's been a slice, and we'll be back to do it again. We'll have yeah. And if uh, in the meantime you've got any uh, comments, keep them polite. Um, you genetic freaks out there, then uh, you can you can find us both on Twitter. So uh, at uh, Bradley W Hayes, as uh, you'll find myself, and at B Van Perdon on on the Twitter, on the Twitter on on that great social media. Yeah. Not quite from space, but you know. Well, you know, you're in Germany, which is. F- Practically, I was going to say practically another country, but it is practically another country. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another so planet. I won't Pluto. say that. It's yeah, like living like, on Mars. We, 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 yeah, let's let set that up because I made myself sound like an idiot at the last hurdle there. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I will catch you next time, man. Okay, and thank you all for listening. Time. Thanks, everyone.